Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Alec Hansen, Chief Marketing Officer at Loan Depot, to talk about all things social and how to keep things positive in this market. We may have just gotten back from Gathering of Eagles, but we're not done with events for 2023 yet. This October, we're headed right back to Austin, Texas for Housing Wire Annual, and we want to see you there. We've got a power-packed agenda with content such as our Women of Influence speakers, peak performer playbooks, CEO playbooks, and more to propel your company forward, as well as a bunch of networking events. Because this event is open to real estate executives, mortgage title, and everyone in between, you really have the opportunity to network with people from all across the housing ecosystem. If you want to learn more about the event, or if you're already ready to get registered, head over to housingwire.com on the events tab and you can learn all about it. Not to mention, if you're an HW Plus member, you're going to get 50% off your ticket. So get registered for HW Plus and get registered for the event so we can see you out in Austin. Alec, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on. You are one of the people way back when we first started doing Engage Marketing as an event. You're one of the first people we asked because you were so and and still are so great at social. And we wanted you to be a speaker and say, you know, this is um, this is how you did it because it's it's a pretty amazing thing that 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 you've done. Of course, you've had a 20 year career in the mortgage industry. You've you've been a nationally ranked top one percent loan originator. Um, and then created top producing branches for large national lenders. And, you know, we've recognized you at HW as a rising star. I think the first time was way back in 2017. And, uh, you know, you're going to be a featured speaker for our Housing Wire Annual uh, this year, 2023. So cool. And you're going to lead a session on our CMO playbook. So, like, we're, we're very well uh, acquainted with you. I love it. This is so great. I can't wait to dive into anything you want to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. Well, I... First thing, before we get into the mortgage part, I have to ask, you were the founder and owner of a CrossFit studio. So that to me is probably more impressive than anything else. So you have to tell me, how did how did that happen and what was that like? Oh man, this is like back in like 2008 and CrossFit was just becoming a thing. And a good buddy of mine that I was working with found it and was like, you have to try this. And I was like, oh, whatever. This is, I don't know what this is. And it totally kicked my butt. And I was like, oh, this is, this is fun. Um, and so we just started doing it in my garage, honestly. Like we'd buy barbells and we'd, we'd try to figure out what the workout was. And then kind of fast forward, um, we ended up both getting certified and um, officially opening up my garage at my house as our gym. And for a while, it was just us and our wives working out. And then people started to show up randomly. You know, we had a website and we were on CrossFit.com. And this is again, really, really traditional old, like no one knew what CrossFit was. And, you know, eventually off over um, a long time, you know, I, we, I was running, I had a 12,000 square foot facility with a full staff that was, you know, helping people in Costa Mesa. And it was a really incredible community and a really fun thing to build. And, you know, I always kind of called it my side hustle because I was still in the mortgage industry doing loans, trying to, you know, 
kind of run through that whole crazy world. Um, but I really loved it. And I made a lot of great friends. And then as COVID and, you know, kind of ran through California and there's tons of complications, uh, I looked at my wife and said, well, after like 13 years, I think it's time to maybe pass the torch. And so the, the guy who had been running it for me forever, you know, I, I helped him take it and, you know, became his and, and turned it over. But um, for a long, long time, it was really fun. I love that. Okay. So what time did you have to get up running mortgage company, you know, running branches, you all this and doing that. What time did you have to get up in the morning to, to fit in the CrossFit? In the old, in the, in the original days, you know, we would only have a class at night at six. Okay. And so I would go to work, come home, coach a class or participate in a class. And then as we ran a full facility, as soon as that, as soon as we left the garage, because the city came and we're like, are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> and we opened up our own warehouse. At that point, it was being fully run by, by a team. So it was never me. I would just go work out there and then make sure it was doing okay. So that's kind of how it all worked. You know, I have to say that it's not completely surprising that uh, a marketing guy, especially a, you know, a CMO, that the intersection of CrossFit and marketing, I think, you know, these are people who have a lot of energy and, you know, enthusiasm, maybe, and, and you know, can, can be excited about things that the rest of us maybe aren't always. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody that's going to do CrossFit for a long time is a little broken on the inside. And I think that's required for marketers too. You got to be a little bit like out there. I love it. Um, well, let's talk about you. So let's talk about since 2020, crazy, crazy market. And this year, just, you know, a pretty, you know, it's a down year, but it's also, um, it's been a year that's been really challenging for our industry. And you and I were talking before the podcast started about how, you know, I hate it when like we have to report the news, we have to report the news. So when someone's laid off or if, you know, they're doing a bunch of layoffs or they're closing, but it's not like we rejoice in that or like we're excited about that or we take no pleasure in that. And I think you've really taken this on personally and been like, you know, you really want to make sure people are doing okay and be encouraging. And and so, you know, you are a podcast host yourself and you started this, some episodes called the bright side podcast. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So a couple things, you know, my dad's been in the industry for 40 years and I'm at 22. And in those times you experience these cycles. And for some people, you know, it, it's, it's very jarring. I mean, I remember in 2008 and, and that cycle was insanely jarring. Companies were closing left and right. Everyone was wondering what was happening. Loan products were disappearing. You know, it was massively violent. And this cycle today is, is as violent, but it feels like it's a little more in slow motion. Um, the previous cycle, like everything overnight was just crushing and happening and it was just kind of anarchy. And right now we kind of don't know where, where it's all ending and everyone's trying to find a soft landing. And, and if we didn't come through some of the best years the industry ever had, and if we didn't watch the industry inflate to meet the needs of the American people, you know, we wouldn't be having such a hard retraction because candidly, this year is going to be really good historically. If you just look at how many transactions are being done. And compare it to the last five years or 10 years. It's like a really strong year, but we have so much capacity built into the industry that it's just not reasonable. And so I, I'm really empathetic because if you've never experienced this or you spent the last 10 years building a really good business only to have the industry roll over on you and you're going, oh, but I didn't do anything wrong. I, I've been growing my business and doing all these things. And now I, I can't seem to get loans like I used to. And I can't, the competition is through the roof and all these other disparate models are coming in and coming after my business and I'm trying to compete. So I have a lot of empathy for people going through this. It's really hard. But I also try to balance that with a lot of perspective. And life's, life's still really good for a lot of mortgage professionals, comparatively. 
it's really good. And, and I'm not talking about there are people that, you know, we, we're too big. And so some not everyone can survive. And it's kind of like a little bit like musical chairs, like the music stopped and there's not enough chairs. Um, but you can only control what you can control. And that's been my message to my team. That's my message to the industry. Um, and that kind of ties into that concept of the bright side. So I do a lot of content on the internet. I think that loan officers should be doing a lot of content on the internet. I think it's a very important strategy, which is a whole nother, you know, question and podcast. But as a, as a leader, I, I cannot handle my own hypocrisy of telling somebody to go do something and then not doing it myself. I just can't do it. And so it, that's why I started a podcast and all these fun things. So the bright side, actually episode five launched today, which is so funny that we're talking. It launched today. And it's longer form content, but it's kind of a joke. Do you ever remember in COVID, um, John Krasinski did this Some Good News Network. Did you ever see that, Sarah? Yeah, I did. Okay. So I loved that. And that really inspired me. And I was like, this is incredible. And I loved, and I loved the daily show and kind of like mock news shows. So I said, you know what I want to do this year? Instead of making content that is inspirational or, or tactical, why don't I do something that Bring some positivity back to the to the to the toughness we're experiencing. That finds the silver linings, that focuses on controlling what we can control, and that was the bright side. So every month we launch a new episode. They're like fifteen minute long, long episodes, and inside there, there's tips and tricks for people that are like, how do I get better at social, or how do I use ChatGPT, or how do I make a video? But there's also positive news that's being published, and we showcase where the positivity is in the market, and then we showcase people who are doing great stuff in a really mark in a tough market so that you can see like, Hey, it's not all doom and gloom. Like some people are doing well and maybe what can we learn from them? And so it's been really fun. And there's another seven to go, um, to finish out my 12, you know, session deal with it. But I'm just trying to bring a little bit of positivity back where I can. I love that. And I think that the industry needs that. And that's what we keep hearing from people is they're like, you know, after a while, you just get fatigued of, of bad news. You you know, it's not motivating. You you want to hear some good things and be like, there is hope and room for, you know, room for success in this market. Yes, I love it. I love it too. Well, uh, talk to me a little bit. You do a lot of content on social. Obviously, I've already said that. That's why we reached out to you the first time all those years ago. How did you get started though? Were you a natural at, at social media? Did it just come naturally to you? First of all, it never just come naturally to anybody. So I don't, I think like, especially when you're talking about video content and like having to put yourself out there. No, there's no way anybody's like wakes up and they're like, put the camera on me. I'm ready. Um, I think in 2018, that's when I started writing my book bypassed. And that was when I got really focused on, you have to remember my background. I'm like a street retail loan officer background. Like in 2003, when I started, my manager said, go get eight business cards from realtors and don't come back to the office till you have them. So, and 2003 was one of the biggest refinance booms of all time up till 2020 when it was surpassed. And I didn't know any of that happening. I just was told, this guy said, go meet realtors. And so I ran around and I met realtors and I built what we'd call traditional influence with these agents and, and, and local reputation. And I got referrals. And so I built my whole business through relationships and through referrals. And then you fast forward to 2018 and I'm sitting here like the local mortgage professional who was, you know, out there going after realtors, the sales cycle has ballooned upwards. And now this thing called the internet and these smartphones in our pockets are really where people are spending their time. And if you're going to be a mortgage professional, that's going to, that's going to win. You have to do both. You got to maintain the local relationships 
but you got to figure out a digital strategy on social. You've got to learn the language of these platforms. It's, it, it's not, it's not that you're going to become irrelevant or bypassed as I was kind of trying to scare people a little bit, but you're just not going to be able to get the success you're capable of if you don't play where the consumer's playing. So in 2018, I was like, screw it. I'm going in. I'm going to figure this out. Cause one thing I, I have a hard time with is, is gurus. I have a real hard time. It, I just get twitchy because I'm like, you know, just be a practitioner. And so that's kind of what I, I really strive to be. And so I did this stupid challenge, Sarah, where I did a hundred videos in a hundred days and they're, they're all on my YouTube channel still, but some of them are totally cringeworthy. <laughs> but like, I just, I just knew I needed to figure this out. And my strategy was terrible. I would never tell anyone to do that today. Cause I, I was all over the place on my content strategy, but I put in some repetitions and I learned how to batch content and I got, I learned how to come up with content ideas and I got a lot more comfortable on camera and I found little tips and tricks a little editing things and, and little apps I could use that would make my video pop a little bit more. And so I just, I learned some stuff. I got more comfortable. And then from that, I really, it really helped me launch the podcast that I do video and audio with. It helped me launch my own social strategy. I got focused of like, well, who do I really want to talk to? And what am I saying? And so I got more introspective and I learned. And so it, it just, but I did it again because if I, if I am going to say that I'm, I, I'm a leader of mortgage professionals, then to me, you got to go lead, not just in what worked for you, which is great. And I could give great advice on how to go see agents and all that stuff, but what's working today. And I think you probably know this, Sarah, but sometimes like great leaders or great producers in the past don't necessarily make great leaders today because the world's changing and you got to be as with it as you possibly can. Plus, I have a nine and a 12 year old and I'm trying to tell my wife every day that I'm just doing, I'm doing research so that I can keep up with their shenanigans when they want to get on you know, TikTok and all the other platforms and start polluting their brains. That is, that is a great strategy. So tell me what works today that's new that, uh, or what used to work that is not working so great now. What, what do you feel like are some of those things that LOs especially need to know? Like I said a little bit before, I don't think, I think that it's become an and world, not an or world. And so I think that the local presence stuff still is amazingly important. Going to broker previews, going to open houses, meeting agents in the street, going to the networking events, calling on agents for meetings, like all that traditional relationship stuff, I think still really matters. And there's a lot of agents in local markets that have tremendous amounts of influence still with their customers. Now, I'll balance that statement by saying I'm aware of a lot of agents who are losing influence with customers because customers are choosing to go digital first and they're getting prequels first before talking to agents and they're getting mortgage information and they're, and they're progressing along that path. And so when they finally get to an agent and they go, the agent goes, well, you should use Alec. He's my best lender. And the customer goes, I'm already pre-approved over here. I've been pre-approved for six months. You know, Alec sounds like a great dude, but I'm good. And then the realtor goes, okay. <laughs> and their influence kind of wilts or, you know, so you, you got to play both. And that's where you, you see me a lot being like social, 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 video, 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 because that's, that's where a new skill set lies being comfortable on video is really uncomfortable. You got to learn, you have to read a bunch, you have to practice a bunch. Um, and then as you, but as you build that musculature, now you can start attracting new clients. You can start building personal brand as the buzzword. You can start to kind of educate and entertain if that's your strategy and find your tribe almost and bring in new opportunity that can complement your referral network. 
And so I don't, I think if you don't do both, you're leaving money on the table. You're, you're leaving opportunity on the table. And I I think you're going to have a hard time being as successful as you want to be. I think the really interesting um, thing about that is that by doing it yourself. So we know a lot of lenders already, you know, I'm sure Loan Depot has a ton of um, great marketing things people can take advantage of. I'm sure there's, you know, ways to make it easier for people. But when you take ownership of it yourself, it forces you to, like you said, what is it that you're trying to say? Who who are your people? What are your distinctives for those people? And it, it makes you define it in a way that if someone just hands it to you or just like, okay, just, you know, hit this button and these five social things come up, whatever. I just think you don't get the same result. I, I so agree, Sarah, because there are people who are like, well, I'm just going to go hire an agency. I'm, I'm just going to go pay that. They'll tell me what to say. And I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Pause, stop. You're messing up already. Like going and reading some cool script that worked for somebody else that you think is going to work for you is not you. And you've got to identify the type of client you want to work with, the, the personalities you want to work with, the loan products you want to serve people with. Like you got to get really specific so that you can come out and be you. You know, that we always joke in relationship selling that people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Well, how can they ever learn to like and know you or trust you if you're never yourself? It's, 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 you said it so well, it's, it's the truth. Well, and I think that, um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about chat GPT and one of the things that I know that people are using, whether they're realtors or, or loan officers is using it to help them develop scripts. I think there's nothing wrong with that, but Again, I think that if you come off as inauthentic, I think more than ever, and we've seen this with TikTok, right? TikTok changed people. It's like, I want to see you. I want to see you in all your crazy glory, doing whatever crazy glory thing you do. And the standards are like, the more polished it looks in some ways, then it just looks like an ad. Yeah. So I, my, my, my like hack or encouragement with ChatGPT is to, give, is to have it give you bullet points, not sentences. Right. So there's like a little small pro tip for anybody listening, because I think that it can be great to unstick you. If you're like, I, I don't know what to talk about as so many things, it, it can it can give you some stuff and unstick you. But always on then you can talk to the bullet points like you're explaining it to your friend and it's right there. And then, yeah, I mean, absolutely. On TikTok and to the platforms, they're they're designed to, to showcase you. And, you know, this may be a different conversation, Sarah, but it, what, what it comes down to in all my coaching and all the experiences and all this stuff is people fall back to the core. They don't really like what they look like and sound like. They got some demon insecurities there fighting them that they got to work on. Um, but then the, the throughput on that, when you finally break through and you can become yourself, um, it's liberating because then the people that are into your vibe, they, they want to work with you. And for people that believe what you're doing, they, they want the services you provide and they'll seek you out. And so like, it's just, there's so much on the other side of that. That's amazing, but it's hard. It is hard. That is such a pro tip to use chat GPT for like what it's great at, which is really aggregating information. Like here, here's the information. You can hit these bullet points, but what it can't do is talk in your voice. And I know that you can even say, can you make this more humorous? Can you make this more whatever? But unless it knows you, how is it going to do that? Agreed. And again, like we're also overthinking this. We, 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 we get stuck that every piece of content has to be amazing. And I keep reminding people that they're not watching your content. And then they get really mad. They're like, well, Alec, you just told me to put out, put out a bunch of content and you're telling me no one's watching it. And then you just have to really get ma- macro with people and be like, look, 
Social is a scroll environment. People are scrolling through. And sometimes the things you're saying may be relevant to them and they still scroll. Sometimes what you're saying may be irrelevant to them at the moment and they're going to scroll very fast. Even then, what's happening every time is you're making what I call a micro-impression. And that micro-impression is that small interaction they got of my face, my energy, my smile, my word choice, my title, my subject, whatever's going in their brain, I, I deliver to them. And the power of this is it's not the one video that really matters. It's the 50th and 100th. And it's the ones that all these micro-impressions lead to. Because now, after so many micro-impressions, now they have brand awareness of me. They know what I stand for. They know who I am. They may not have watched any of my videos, but they watched pieces of it. And now they know what I, what I, what I do and kind of the character of, of what I bring. And, my, and, and all, now they work. We're so hungry for instant gratification. We forget that like, that's not how the world works. Well, and I think you proved that early on with your challenge, 100 videos in 100 days, because you didn't give yourself a, a, an out. And really, you hit on something there, which was the consistency for you and for the audience. Like they kept coming back and they and they saw you over and over and over again. And I feel like it is it is um, any anything you do creatively, right? It's it's not the first step and it's not the last step. It's all those ones in between where you don't even know if it's going anywhere. The first, oh, you're so excited. The end, you you can see the end, but like it's all of the everyday ones that are that are the hardest things. Well, this is where there's and I there's a little bit of faith required, and that freaks people out. But when to draw my analogy, when I used to go face to face with realtors, Sarah, and I'd walk into your open house and I'd meet you and say, hi, Sarah, how's the weekend? How's the open house? What's going on? I knew that I made an impression with you because I physically was in your face. When I put out a piece of content and I don't get a lot of likes or comments, I, I don't, I, it says, so, I have views. It says how many views I got. I'm not sure who saw that. And so I have to have a little bit of faith that this is actually mattering and, and making a mark. And the best part of that, you, you'll get validation over time because people will tell you things like, I see you all the time. I watch your videos all the time. And then I'm like, comment then. Give me a comment, something, because you just, I'm alone. But like when you have, when you stick with it over time, it all validates itself. But I know how hard that can be when you're like, where's my instant gratification? Where's my confirmation that what I'm doing matters? And I'm like, have faith, have faith. And they're like, I hate you. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it works. Do you think that... um Loan officers, are, are, is there a type of person who does better at social than others, in your opinion? Because, I mean, I feel like loan officers, I mean, they're salespeople at the heart of the, at, at the heart of who they are, right? Is you're meeting someone, you're, you know, you want them to trust you with the financial transaction, all of that. But do you feel like there's something about loan officers specifically that is good or, or bad for social or how they feel about it? So I, I hear the excuse a lot that this isn't for me. And, or, or even more specifically that video isn't for me. And I, I really challenge that, uh, aggressively and as politely as I can. And let's just take one example of like some personality type differences. So in the disc personality test, there's a D and there's the, um, C and these are very like, like to the point, matter of fact, and they move quick. And they make decisions fast and C's are very analytical and they want to know every single detail of every single line item of every single page of every disclosure. 
And so you can imagine instantly right there, you've got two different personality types that probably don't, don't work well together in a sales environment because the D's trying to close the deal and the C's like, you better slow down, buddy. I don't even, we're not even through page one yet. And then take those two personality types because there's loan officers in both those categories and go, well, let's, let's go. Well, people would think that the C who's more slow paced and more thoughtful and more detail oriented is not good for social. And my argument is they're wonderful for social because guess who's going to want to watch their content? Other C's. And I was speaking at Todd Duncan's event on a panel and this wonderful human being named Stephanie Johnson was, was see, when we we're talking about video and I, I was very biased back then about my opinions of how video should be done. I said, I, it should be exciting, engaging. No one cares about DTI. No one cares about the definitions. And then she sat there and was said that her most successful video was a YouTube video where she is explaining every single line item of a CD. Wow. And I was like, I'm dumb. <laughs> and holy crap. Of course people want that information. And so when they're not getting it from their loan officer who's moving too fast, maybe instead of being embarrassed and asking their loan officer to slow it down, maybe they're going to YouTube and watching Stephanie explain it for them. And then maybe... They're canceling their application with you and going with Stephanie. And so I really, really, really believe there's an audience for everybody. And, and you have to embrace that part of you that makes you unique and your perspective that makes you unique because that's the kind of client that you're going to attract. I know that you, um, you post on a whole bunch of different channels. From your perspective, if someone's just getting started, is there one for our industry that you feel like, oh, this is where you should start? So... I have kind of a tongue in cheek answer, which is like, go to the platforms where your customers are. And, but, but then people are like, okay, actually that, that maybe is a little helpful. Most loan officers I know have a database. They've got a Rolodex. They have their customer list. So why don't you pull that up and have it on open on one side of your screen or print it out? And why don't you just start searching for people at LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram? And let's just take those three. I bet you're going to find most of your customers on one of those or multiple of those as you go through your list. And now as you continue to connect to those people on these platforms, you'll start realizing where you should put your content because it's the place that these people are. And I found that to be the most helpful exercise of just print out your database, look for five people a day, find them on these platforms, send them a friend request or a LinkedIn request, and then pay attention and look back and go, Hey, all of my people are on all these platforms. I should probably be on all of them. Wow. It's such a practical thing to do, right? It's like, that is very practical. Someone could take that advice right now. Yeah. Do it on their screen, find it, and then just start, right? Because if you're waiting for the magic, you know, place or how you do it, it's going to change anyway. You should just start and and get your experience going. Well, and, and Sarah, this is where I, I, I try to coach people too, specifically. I'm like, you're not going to go viral. You're not going to make a post on Instagram or TikTok and have the algorithm just give you 2 million views and your business is going to explode. That's not how it works. So you actually have to use social as the two-way street it is. You need to grow your own organic community by connecting to the people that you want to be connected with that you want to see your stuff. So you need to pull your database and the top realtors and the influencers and the politicians and the restaurateurs and the entrepreneurs in your city and find them on these platforms and connect in so that there's a chance when you post a cool video, they'll see it. And so it's not just about you talking. It's also about you growing your own network yourself. And that takes work and it's hard, but it's how you win. 
And so you really have to do both. You got to go grow your own network. Don't think the algorithm is going to somehow get you there. And then, yeah, you need to make some content and put it out into the world and see what this platforms will do to help. Well, I love that because it's really like being a micro influencer, right? So influencers spend time every day answering different people on their platform. So there's engagement, right? But it's the same thing. It's like the only way that those people know who you are or have any relationship with you is if you put the time in on the front end to message them, react to their stuff. It's not just I post and leave. Oh, so Sarah, that's that's so great you said that. So I have this silly acronym that I'm kind of describing right now, which is called ICE, which is Identify, Connect, and Engage. And that's the, all the stuff you should do before you even talk about yourself on any video. But the magic of that and what you just said is the core of it. Our ability to care about somebody else and to go and actively comment and engage on their life that they're sharing on these platforms is so much more important than any one video I'm going to make. Because just like us, they, our customers, care about themselves more than pretty much anything else. Maybe their kids and spouse are up there, but you know, themselves is very high. And so they don't care about an Alec Hansen video or Alec Hansen put out, you know, the bright side. They, they care about what they're dealing with today with their family and their life and their situation. So if I get, get off my side of the track and I come to theirs and I see your post, Sarah, and I come in and I cheer you on and I'm like, hey, this was awesome. Or I see your, I, I don't even care. I see your food, your lunch post. Great. You're posting food. And I come in, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't been to that restaurant yet. That looks amazing. Let me know how it is or if anything else you sh- I, I should order next time I go. If I, if I come into your life and tell you you're awesome, I am winning more than any video I could ever make. And we forget about that in sales. Except, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people from 1950 is still true. We just now can do it on the social app. You know, go be more interested in other people and you will win. I think that's so amazing, especially when you think about the fact that like you just said, when you're putting out content and and it's just like crickets, you're like, I wonder, then every person who comes in and interacts with you, it's like magnified. So if you're that person and, and you show up on a, on a regular basis, you become one of their favorite people. Yep. I, I love it. And so like if anyone's list, you know, take something away, social is a two-way street. Use it to tell other people they're cool and then use it to try to be helpful to people that are going through stuff that you probably have knowledge about. You do those two things and your strategy is going to be pretty good. I love that. Okay, before we go, we're almost out of time. Um, Twitter or threads or both? Are you on both? Yeah, both. I mean, I, I think this is the war of, of like platforms, which is always fun to like see what happens and like how's what's going to... So I think you got to be on both. And I think they're both probably going to learn from each other. And we'll see. People will probably find a favorite and we'll see how that shakes out. But it's it's fascinating right now. It's super fun. No, I'm the same. I'm just like, you know, the very first time I could get on threads, I was on it trying to look for people. And um, no, it's so fun. Alec, thank you so much for talking today. And I am so looking forward to your um, your CMO playlist talk at HousingWire Annual this year. It's going to be amazing. Um, And people can find you on your podcast. They can buy your book. They can follow you on all sorts of social. And um, we'll, we'll link to that in with this podcast. But thank you so much for being on. You're awesome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.